Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is Jay Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. Always co-hosting Eric Glove. You like Glove? Yeah, I'm here, James. How hot is it, Diego? It's about 75 degrees. That's a good thing. And hosting with us, Pete from San Fran. How are you down there, Pete? What's up, Pete? It's around, uh, East Bay Warmat is around like high 70s. San Francisco is probably like 60s, though. Well, you, hey, you know, it's, it's nice and sun shining bright where I am. <laughs> this is a great show, and everybody on here is happy. And and the funny thing about it, everybody's so happy today because Miami must won last night. Did they win? Go you know what they won. <laughs> Glove, Glove, he's trying to act like he don't know. Hey, here here's what here's what's funny, Pete. I didn't even I didn't even want to go down this road when when Miami lost the other night, which was Father's Day. My phone rang about twenty times. I was trying to enjoy my Father's Day which I had already told this young man, happy Father's Day to him. I'm trying to enjoy my Father's Day in the backyard with a nice barbecue, cigar, and phone kept going off, kept going off. I didn't watch the game because I had company. Okay. I had told my company, if my phone's ringing and it's James Loving, Miami must be losing. Exactly. needed to call me ten more times after that. So at that point, I said, Miami must be losing. That's why Lovin's calling. He called my time from 6 o'clock, somewhere in there, all the way up to 10 something that night. Turned around the next morning, which was Monday, and called me about 5 o'clock in the morning. So, Love, I, I think he has our numbers on speed dial. <laughs> well, let's, let's get this out. Glove, did you not say when, when I call you, you don't answer, right? Uh, all right. I call for the mo- I answer for the most times, but right, I don't answer you sometimes, right? No, no, no. You already told me that you and your friend. You said you're not answering. Am I wrong or right? Oh yeah, I wasn't answering on Sunday, right? Okay, Paula, you don't answer. Period. When they lose, you on even Facebook. Am I wrong or right? Oh no, I Facebook even when they lose. I don't answer my phone, but I'll comment back to you when they lose. Okay. Well, here we go. Let's get started. I didn't see the game like Glenn said, but I think I seen this morning, you know, first take, 
I guess San Antonio hit a wall. I don't know what happened. Uh, Paulo's glove. So wait, you didn't watch the game? How do you not watch a game six, a possible final game of the year? What else could you have been doing instead of watching game six last night? Let me let me explain it. I guarantee you, Paula Glove agreed to this with me. I felt no matter what was going to happen, the NBA was going to make it a game seven because that's what they wanted. Am I right, Glove? I told him that, yes. Do you agree with that, Paula? Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that, but I, I don't know how you could not have watched it just being a sports fan, though. You know, even had it on in the background doing something. I'm just shocked you didn't even watch it. Well, let, let's take bits and pieces. I saw you on first take that I guess apparently Spurs could have won it. Genovia foul, they didn't call the foul. Is that another home court thing that they gave them, or is that what they wanted for a game seven? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sitting sitting here in fourth quarter, I was actually watching the game uh, with my mom, and there was a lot of calls. I thought fourth quarter that the refs didn't blow the whistle when times Miami should have gotten foul calls, and I was just like, I mean, even – okay, this is a 72-year-old woman. She's a Warriors fan. She has no interest in either one, and she's just like – she's like, these refs want the Spurs to win. That came out of her mouth. So to me, when the Ginobili call happened, and you're right, it probably should have been a foul. I I know there was a couple times in the fourth quarter, Braun got hacked, other people, and they didn't call it. So to me, it was just like, you know what? It's all fair. That's the way it happens. They didn't blow the whistle for us other times. But you're right. Ginobili, I mean, everybody's saying Ginobili, it was a foul. So you're right. But the rest, fourth quarter, I don't know what was going on with them. Well, you know what? That's one of those here nor there. Because if you watch the play with Ginobili, he, he did travel prior to getting fouled or on his way to getting fouled. He did put his shoulders down and make that gesture to the basket. So that's here nor there. Did, was there, Were there bad calls on both sides? Yes. Could, could there have been a more calls? You would have thought LeBron would have got going to the middle when he was getting knocked down? Of course. Could there have been more calls for San Antonio? It's refereeing. It's it's. The NBA, does, does the NBA benefit from Game 7? Hell yeah. Do you know how much them tickets are going for in Miami right now? Do you oh, know how many yeah. people want a ticket to Miami? So the NBA benefits from this being Game 7. Did Should San Antonio have won last night? Oh, of course. They should have closed this out, which we already had this conversation. I told you I was I was done with Miami because I just don't like the way they play their arrogance. It just kills me. LeBron, why does it take you until the fourth quarter with a minute left or two minutes left or five minutes left for you to play your game? How come you're shooting jump shots? Post up. No one can hold LeBron in the post. But yet, because he hates getting bumped, he let him push him outside and he settles for jump shots. And then when he does go to the basket, he sits up and whines and complains. So either be the best player and play like it all the time or take what they give you. One question, you got two questions. One is that, uh, you know, what Glenn was saying about LeBron, you know, um, Dwayne Wade, um, they said today that he was out of the game, fourth quarter, only played three minutes. Um, is LeBron playing, is he better when Dwayne done the game, guys? And the second question is, is uh, like Glenn was saying that, 
would people be saying the ref blew, blew the game and took the game if Miami would have lost? Would they have been saying it was bad ref? There you go. Who wants to start? You follow the love? Okay, so your first question um, with Wade, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily LeBron plays better, but in this, in yesterday's game, when Wade went out, Miami, when he first went out, I think we were still down eight points. When he went out, we ended up catching up and getting ahead of them by three points. Spolstra, they took that timeout, and I was saying the whole time, I'm like, I hope he does not bring Wade back in. The team, it was just flowing better without him. Dwayne Wade last night, for whatever reason, was running down, shoot, taking his dump shot. It was missing. No rebound. They'd go back down the other end of the court. He was doing that all night consistently. Like, not passing, but he, once he got the ball, you knew he was going to shoot it. So I don't know if it's necessarily LeBron played better. The whole team, the flow was better last night in the fourth quarter when, when Wade wasn't in there. And I don't know if, you know, he's hurt. He had, now they're saying it's a bruised right knee. Um, this morning they were reporting that. So my thing is when they were coming back after being pinned down at the start of the fourth, even though he is your top, one of your top players, you know, that's bolstered to me. That's, that's part of, you know, that's, that's where him and his coaching I don't agree with, sometimes the way he plays people. You know, if Chalmers had the hot hand in the first half and Miller was giving you points, keep those guys in there. Don't bring Wade, who's been sitting now for almost seven or eight minutes, just because he's going to, you know, he hadn't done nothing really all game. So I think the whole team did play better in the fourth quarter when, when Wade was out. But what do you think on that? I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Dwayne being injured or not being injured. I just think everybody outside of LeBron and LeBron at certain times, they're just inconsistent. It's, for me, it's like this. If LeBron is a general, then he needs to play like the general. And, and I hate doing a comparison because I know Lovin, he just loves when I do it. But you talk about Magic, Bird, you know, the big guys, Hakeem. You talk about Jordan, Kobe, guys like that. When it was game six, seven, they took over the game. LeBron, for as great as he is, he's still not taking over the game like he should. He's still trying to get everybody involved. Now you're right. Those guys are playing inconsistent. I'm sorry. Mike Miller needs to come off the bench more for me. If, if Miami wants to win, Mike Miller needs to be on the floor. Now he's a liability on defense to a certain degree, but he's going to give you some points on offense, and, and that's what they need is points on offense. So they need Mike Miller on the floor. Yeah, Dwayne's not playing consistent. You know, who knows where Batty is. I don't even know if he's in Miami still. But LeBron needs to know he's the man out there, and he needs to play like it, not wait till five minutes left in the game. He has to go from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, post them guys up, draw fouls, get the and ones, instead of settling for jump shots, waiting to that fourth quarter run. Well, guys, what we're going to do is when we take a break, we'll come back and we're going to talk about like what you guys are talking about, that last fourth quarter where um, LeBron took over. And, um, kind of what they were saying was um, the way way kind of felt like, you know, and I think you said it, Paul, that he was coming down and taking a jump shot. That this is this day, but it's not. So we'll talk a little bit more about LeBron needs to take over and then who do you guys think going to lead that team next year if they don't win this year? This is James Levin with Glove and Pete. Both of them in a happy move, so we'll be right back with our <laughs> happy questions.
crew today. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving That Always, we got gloves, gloves. Paula Paul, the happiest two ever. You know, it's, it's just amazing. I, I, you know what? I wish Miami played through the whole season, the whole year, to see you guys this happy. You know, Glove? But I got to give you your respect on the, the show, Glove. You know, you do look at the phone when uh, Miami lose when I'm calling. Paula won't even look at it, Glove. You know what I mean about that, Glove? Well, I mean, that's what you say, James. You say uh, Paula doesn't look at the phone. I'm sure she look at it, but she already knows who's calling. And, and you expect people to stop doing things. Well, not that you expect it. You want someone to stop doing something that's important to hear you get your semi-gloat on. And it's, it's not that serious. You know, it's better for me to take a shot than to talk to you at that moment. Exactly. You called me all yesterday, so you getting your gloat on, right? No, no, no. I just was calling because we hadn't spoke yesterday. You know, I, I'm not one to gloat. I told you I'm not. I told him before, Paul. I said James was the kid when things didn't go his way. He took his ball and went home. So, <laughs> <laughs> when it's not going his way, he don't answer his phone. That's what it is. Wow. See, I just got my phone back there. I had seven 
Miss Carson, uh, a family that ain't gloating. He, you know, he just, he just returning the favor. You know, you want you bought his phone up on Father's Day. He was just trying to get back in touch with you the next day. That's all that's that all was. He, that's all he had to say, Peace. I was in the favor. I want to, <laughs> I want to be happy. Did he say he was happy on Father's Day, Peace? <laughs> well, yeah, cause, yeah, because you were blowing his phone up, so he, you know, he got to take a shot every time your number came through. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this this crew is so happy. Uh, no, actually, I did hear that. Um, you know, on first take, um, they were just saying what you guys said. I think Love said they're so arrogant, and like, why don't LeBron do all like the other grades do? You know, when you know you're down. I mean, not in the fourth quarter, but you take over the game. I mean, this is a championship. When are you going to learn that this is your team? When is that, Paula? Well, I mean, I think we've just seen a – it's like a regular thing with LeBron, and I do agree because I've kind of been on him about that too during the whole playoffs. Like, why are you first, second, and third quarter, you know, it seems like your points may be down, but it seems like what he does, and maybe because defensively he's also putting out so much, also getting rebounds, it seems like he does wait until fourth quarter to – try and really, like, take a game over. And, my, you know, I agree with Love. Like, when it's – that could have been their final game. He should have been trying to dominate more from the beginning. And, you know, he had 12 points at halftime. He hadn't really – he just really hadn't even really gone to the hoop that much and was just – so I don't know what, what he's thinking. I don't know if he thinks, okay, I'll wait till fourth and then I'll try and, like, really turn it on. But I, I agree with Glove. If he's trying to be, like, one of the best, he definitely needs to get better with – with that, that part of his game. You have to, you know, you have to enforce your will. Look at Duncan. I mean, Duncan just started out 21 points in the first half. I mean, Duncan came out playing like, okay, I'm trying to win this championship tonight. I'm a star. I'm a future Hall of Famer. And Braun, I think, needs to get that more like that, that killer instinct from the beginning. So I do agree with Glove on that part. Glove? No, totally, 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 Paula, totally. I mean, for me, it's like this, and, you know, LeBron has the will, to me, of a champion. Now, does he show it all the time or the heart of a lion? Does he show it all the time? No. Now, we don't know, like you say, the man expends so much energy out there on the court because he by, he's by far one of the only guys you still see playing both sides of the court. You know, you see him running in the screen when they're on the fast break or when you see the other team on the fast break, you see him trying to catch up for the block shot or to play defense. So he is using a lot of energy. So I do give him that part. But, again, he's the man. He's the one that everybody's paying to see. Like you said, Duncan had a monster game last night for for a guy, you know, 17, 18 years in, and what he did in the first half was just hands down incredible. you got to applaud Duncan because everybody always talk about the, the big man in the league currently and Duncan never gets denied. They'll say, well, you know, he's really not a big man. He's a he's an oversized forward, but he plays center. And no one ever talks about him, but he'll still get you that quiet 20, 30 points. And mm-hmm. like last night, he stepped up, you know, when it was time for him to step up and play big, he played big. Now, toward the end, he showed his, you know, his, his age a little bit if that's how you want to say it. And, and San Antonio showed their age a little bit in the fourth quarter, but still, you still got the best coach and the best point guard, and by far, at this point, the best big man in the game, three intangibles, 
in the finals playing. So, you know, that's what was giving Miami, you know, a fit was those three. And then you add the other factors. But, again, LeBron has to know. He has to know from start to finish. He has to use his energy wisely, but he has to be more productive in the first half as opposed to saving it for the fourth quarter. Let's 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 turn the table on to another player, guys. I mean, we'll get off LeBron. But uh, um, I, I listened to it today, and they were saying that you know he had a horrible game. Now, last game, you know, he had a game that was outstanding. You know, just went crazy. You know, and now they say, you know, yeah, I think they say he had so many turnovers that, you know, when is it that you have to sit a superstar down? I mean, I don't think we put him as we got different things. Well, like superstar elite. Then we say elite was better than superstar, right? But I think, I mean, you know, we've been there. I mean, been there years, and he's been a great player. But when is it you got to say, hey, and poor? Think you said it, Paul? You know, and I can't. When is it? Or do you play? You know, we just game. I'll start him. Go ahead, Paul. You Yeah, I think. I mean, that one game was that game five yeah, where Ginobili just. I mean, what? Yeah, twenty-five points. I think he started him. He looked like the old, like, you know, how Barkley says, Ginobili. I mean, the whole game, he was just on. And I think that was just, he just had a little flashback of how he used to play. And I just don't think Pop can expect to get that from Ginobili again. I just think he's, his, you know, he's older. I don't know if it's his legs, but I think that one game was just like an aberration. I mean, I don't think they can be expecting that from him again. So, I mean, he may try starting him. Like, he started on game five, and it worked. But if you see – and one thing I give Pop, if he sees that a starter or one of his stars aren't playing well, he'll sit them down, even if it's only for a couple minutes, to let you sit there and think about what you're doing or whatever. So I think with Pop, he can start Ginobili. And if he sees that, you know, Ginobili's get you know, more turnovers, he's not really – his game isn't there for him, Pop will, Pop will sit him. So I'm not worried with that with the Spurs. Pop's very, you know – He's a great coach in that regard. If you're not playing, he's going to sit you. Instead of Spolstra on the other end, who's just trying to appease everybody and put put the stars in, forget that. But, yeah, we'll see how Ginobili – I mean, we'll see. I don't know if you can expect him to get 25 again. Well, you're right. You're right. The beauty beauty of it is is that Ginobili's, I think, 36, 38, either one. I mean, the man's been on three of the runs for them when they got their championship. So he gets that respect. You know, now, is he is he one of the, the great ones or is he one of the elite ones? No. I mean, excuse me, is he one of the superstars? No. But he's a great one because he's won three championships. And he's been a vital part of the three championships. As he got older and his skills diminished, yeah, they come and go. We've seen it, like Paula said, in game five. We've seen his greatness what he can bring when he has his legs under him. But the thing that people got to remember is they were sitting out for a game. They were well-rested. And and I think I made this comment earlier, with Miami, you have to play this way night in and night out. And can San Antonio hold up to, to playing at a high level every night? They've done it, but they kind of fell off some last night because San Antonio's not used to being in this situation where – they have to coach deep into the fourth quarter where Duncan and Parker can go all game long without a doubt. He's a little banged up himself, 
but you have to continue to play like this when you play Miami. Quarter in, quarter out. Game in, game out. And I think kind of last night they might have hit the wall. We might have said, oh, why is Duncan and Parker on the bench in the fourth quarter? Is it is it a strategy? Or maybe think about it. They were playing long minutes last night. Those guys got tired toward the end. Now there's game seven. So you got to say something in the tank for game seven because you don't want to have that that whole mental thing going where you drain your tank. Now you come in for game seven and you start off with a blaze of glory, but then by halftime you're worn out. So I think it's somewhat of a strategy, but I think Ginobili is going to either fly or bust come game seven. I think he's either going to need to play great and he's going to have a good game early out or he's going to be riding the bench for for the most of the game until he get it back in his head that he can continue to go and do it and help the team out. Well, and you guys, um, both of you hit it on the point, you know. Uh, Paul don't think that you know he's going to come back and then think you go going to be saying that if he don't, you know, he'll sit him till he think he can. But as we've seen this series, you know, there was like a one game that was a blowout, next game blow. This was the only game where there really was a game, if you see it. Do you guys think this next game will blow out? Either way, either Miami going to blow it off or San Antonio going to blow out? Peace. You know, I know it sounds crazy. I think it'll probably kind of be close through three again. And, I mean, I just think if – put it this way – I think a fourth quarter, like LeBron, I heard him say, if Miami can play the way we know they can play, and we're seeing that in the fourth quarter, they're going to get a lead on San Antonio and win that game. So if we see that they're getting the turnovers, they're turning those turnovers into points, they're also able to, they're not just they're, they're rebounding, getting offensive rebounding, getting more than one shot. If they play the way we know they can play, I think Miami wins, and it's not going to be close. But, again, all through the playoffs, every night the question is, which Miami team are we going to see? You know, so – and usually it's, it's weird because I can tell by first quarter how they're playing. You can just it's, – it's their language, the way they're coming down, are they sharing the ball, who's getting – you know, you can look at them and sometimes it looks like their effort level is just really low. So I think I'll see – you know, I'm predicting it will be kind of close through three. Both of them will go back and forth, go on the little runs, and it's going to depend on how well Miami plays. Because I think in all these games, the Spurs have played as well as they can play. And, you know, the wins and Miami on their losses, you look and we can, we can pick at them and say, why were you guys doing this? And I think every game we haven't seen Miami play the way we saw them play all season. And so I don't know if it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be a blowout where someone's like 20 or something. But if Miami can play the way we know they can play, I say they win by 10 or 12 or something like that. Yeah. Oh no, I, I totally, I totally agree with you to a certain extent, T. I, on all the stuff you're saying on Miami, Miami's like that helter skelter. When we've seen them at their best, there's no one in the league that can even be on the court with them. But we've only seen that once or twice through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's like think when they've reached their peak and their 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 pinnacle, you're like, oh, next game's gonna be great. And they come out the next game, and you're like. You're kidding, right? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. After what I just seen you do last game, this is how you guys start this game. 
what the heck is going on? You know, so so it's like you get that helter-skelter. Now, I go different because, you know, listening and looking, and I'm not a superstitious guy, but I know how sports, there's a lot of superstition in sports. And when they say in game seven, the team that um, won game, excuse me, and when they say in game six, the team that won game six, they've went on to win game seven. And this has been since, 1970 that the you know team that lost haven't won a game to me that's superstition like okay now that could change and then they say in all of miami's game seven that lebron has played in he hasn't lost a game seven yet so to me i'm like you got those two superstitious things going against miami so i look at it from that standpoint you know thinking how San Antonio felt after the loss. It's like this. They're going to either come out one way and they're going to blow Miami off the court and make it not get to that point. Or they're going to run out of gas. So for me, it's going to be interesting to see. Sad to say, I've jumped ship. I still love LeBron to death. But I think San Antonio is going to blow them out in game seven. And I know James Logan will say that. But I've already I've already told him, and I think San Antonio, because Miami's too up and down, they're too inconsistent with their play, as opposed to being the champion and just getting rid of San Antonio, which there's two games that they should have won, being game one, where LeBron didn't take over in the first quarter. You know, I just think they're too inconsistent, and they use a lot of energy the other night. Now, if Ray Allen come back and shoot some shots and make them, if they can get some scoring from other people, it'll be a, a better game. But I think they burned out all their uh, I think they burned out all their candles. Paula, did you hear that? I hear that. My mouth is my mouth is wide open right now. <laughs> did you hear that? I heard that. What? <laughs> Don't go that way, I hate saying it, Pete. I hate to admit to it, but that inconsistency is killing me with Miami, and I think they they keep digging themselves in too big of a hole to come from underneath. And I think all the energy expense to get them in that game, to get them back in the game, to get them in the overtime, to get them to win, I'm thinking if LeBron don't come out at the beginning, if Ray Allen don't come out at the beginning, if other if three other people on that team, Chalmers play well, if three other people on that team don't step up, I think it's going to be a long night for Miami in South Beach. Wow. Well, we take, what we got to do, we got to take a break. When we come out of break, me and Paul are going to pick our mouth up because love just made us drop. Did he pee? <laughs> Mine is still, my bottom lip is still hanging wide open. I'm over here. Happy boy, you can see me smiling. Yeah, get glam on the same side. <laughs> hey, Shane on the side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with Hope Love That Sports Talk. I can't even talk. I'm so happy. And with Glove. <laughs> I think we love Paula. I think she hung yeah, up I'm, I'm still sitting here. Mouth still dropped open. <laughs> oh, Glove, she's still on the phone. We thought, and then Glove D on our side too. So wow. Let me let me jump over you real quick, Paula, and let me talk. <laughs> I'm not on D nor James Loving's side. I'm just one of them superstitious guys. And I right. said, and my point was, and they took it as me jumping on San Antonio's bandwagon. My point was, San Antonio has to play at a high level. If they do, and LeBron doesn't take over the game like he should be doing, like he's done sometimes throughout the year, like we haven't seen him doing the playoffs until last night with three minutes left in the game, if he plays that way, the whole game, and he gets a little minimal help from Dwayne or my man Mike Miller or somebody, uh-huh. Miami wins. If he doesn't, if he tries to coast till the third and fourth quarter like he's been doing in the last six games, I said San Antonio will blow him out. I'm not saying oh. San Antonio is going to win the series if LeBron plays like a superstar like he should. I'm saying if he don't play like a superstar – like he is, then San Antonio is going to win by 10 points. Paula, Tom, on, get, uh, back get a glass half empty or half full. Right, Paula? <laughs> <laughs> Come on it's, now. Right, Pete? It's just, it's just half. The glass is sitting at half right now. Yeah, the girl trying to say it's full and half empty. Come on now. Oh, it's, it's half empty. It's half empty. But LeBron could fill it up if he played the way he's supposed to play. Tell you what, that glass will be is gonna be totally empty. 
Well, guys, I want to talk about a couple other things that's been in the news. What is going on with Tiger Woods? It seems like everything since his marriage, he's just not playing as a Tiger, or it's just that we don't don't see it as, you know what I'm saying, just getting older and his play or people getting better. But it just seems like every master championship he's in, he's in, what, 66 finishing and all that? Has that affected him, and should he retire, guys? Bob, you can start. You can start on Tiger. Well, you know what? I, I don't think I don't think the field's caught up to him. I think after all this went down, because remember he just won the Open or something. He just won a, a, a major tournament, two tournaments back. So he won a major. I just think for me watching him play, after everything that went down, I just don't think it's as important as it was prior to, because. You got to remember, he's going to get his money regardless. You know, he's going to get his show-up money. So, in my eyes, when I watch him, when I watch him golf, if he has a chance, the first day or two, you know, you see his effort a lot better. Then, if he see himself just being out there with the boys, I think he just goes through the motion because, regardless of what people say, he's still the number one draw in the world, and everybody still tune in to either see him do well which a lot of us want them to do. But then there's also that large portion of people, you know, who voted for Mitt Romney that want to see him fail. So I just think it's not as important as it used to be, you know, for him to uh, win the tournament. Paula? Yeah, I mean, I think Tiger, I think people just shouldn't expect him to win like he used to win, like just, you know, win back to back to back when he's golfing. I mean, he's still going to be able to just – he could probably still get out there and end up in one of the top three of these matches. But I just think that people shouldn't just expect him to win like he used to. Because like you said, he is older, you know, and he has gone through a lot. And I just think he's not going to ever be that, um, that tiger that was just always winning. You know, I think he'll still get a couple wins here and there, but – you know, but, but he's the number one best golfer in the world, right? You know, what what has changed? What has changed? I mean, yeah. well, hasn't he had some? I mean, did he have like some knee stuff too, like surgeries? He's older, um, and who knows mentally? Like, you know, it's a. I'm sure he still gets all types of questions from media. Who knows? Some may even bring up the divorce and all that. You know, media is bringing up all that old stuff. So Tiger still probably has a lot going on. I'm saying, you know, emotionally and mentally, outside stuff is still poking and pulling at him. So, you know, everybody's human. He can try and tune that stuff out all the time, but you can't just always tune that stuff out. So he's probably got a lot going on, you know, just in, mentally and emotionally just from the, the past couple of years. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, outside outside distractions for him are probably different than most guys on the tour. You know, the one big thing that we don't, you know, hear about or that they won't talk about is, you know, the level of security that he has to have at these tournaments. You know, here it is. This man is a professional golfer, and he's getting multiple death threats that they don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Or think in terms of if you're having to worry about your kids because somebody said if we can't get to you, 
will mess with your kids. So we don't know the outside factors that contribute to his whole mental preparation for him golfing. And those are things that people never talk about, how much more security has to be on the course when Tiger's there because of crazy and lunatic and fanatic people, you know, that are out there that may try to do harm to him. So think about it. Jackie Robinson, when he was playing back in the day, and the guy ran on the field to congratulate him when he hit the home run. All the death threats he had got prior to that, he didn't know if that white guy that was running at him was somebody trying to kill him. So they had people, security people, in the dugout for Jackie Robinson. Now let's come to 2013 when here it is you got the most, you know, one of the most financially well athletes in the world and the sport that he's participating in was predominantly one way for years and years and years. He crossed the color barrier, and he wasn't the first one. There was people prior to him, Bobby Woods and all them people. But he took it to a whole nother level. So now he's the man, but he's still like it's 1950 and 60. So that's how certain individuals out there are still treating him or talking about him. So think about that from from that mental standpoint, that you have to deal with the whole you know, Sergio Garcia, who has $2, talking about serving fried chicken, you know, and this guy can't win a tournament, but yet he can make that comment because he's not of color like Tiger. So think about that from a, a mental standpoint, which what he has to deal with on a day-to-day basis, like Paula said, questions that he receives. Yeah, but, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if, you know you're the number one player. You're going to have to deal with all that, you know, and that's what comes with it, you know, dealing with what, you know, the people out there, the media, and people that don't want you to see, that makes you even play better, don't it? Yeah, but, like, I mean, like what I'm saying, though, I mean, we don't know the extent of, you know, the death threats and, you know, is it more now than it used to be back in the day, you know, like 10 years ago, you know, so – I mean, we just don't know all that's going on with him once he steps away from that golf course. You know, that's, that could be weighing on him. And, you know, maybe he's just not as sharp as and great, you know, as he used to be 10 and 12 years ago when he was, like, winning every single time. So, you know, AIDS could be part of it, but it's also probably, like, you know, we were saying a lot of outside stuff going on. Well, guys, we'll take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Paula, Coach, the Harbaugh brothers, how cocky they are. Look, what's going on with them? Do they think they're the best coaches in the NFL? Hey, again, when you want to meet Romney's people, when you when you got the, the, the protection and the complexion, you know how that is, brother. When, when, when they give you the world, you can act like it's yours. So. Protection and complexion. When you, got the, when you got the complexion for the protection, you got to talk about the Harbaugh brothers, why they just keep running them all. One from Baltimore, one from Politics and Niners. And then we'll get to a little bit more about this Bukowski. But when we come back, Club D versus Paula and me. Paula, we all against you this time. Ain't nobody against you, Paula. We're still on the same team, baby. We're still on the same team. No, we're not.
flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving with Home of the Spurs, co-starring Eric Glover and D. Versus Paula with the Miami. Oh, oh, oh. That's another show. Oh. Home of the Spurs. <laughs> You're a Bulls fan. We go get you, love. <laughs> Home of the Spurs. Paula, I told you that dude is a turncoat, Paula. He don't he don't know. He, he don't I... know who to cheer for. <laughs> well, it looks like I'll be talking to myself next week, Paula. Love for you guys. Asshole, but don't say that. So that's all right. I'll take that. Seeing that you're from San Francisco, Paula, what do you think about the coach in San Francisco and his arrogance? <laughs> hey, he, you know, Harbaugh's funny. And, it, you know, it could come. I know his dad was a college coach. They've grown up in a coach's house. You know, they're, they, both of them are now coaching in the NFL. So I think some of that arrogance is just that, they're sure of themselves, and, you know, look, both of them got to the Super Bowl last year, so, you know, they're pretty good coaches. And look at how Harbaugh even got to Stanford and Palo Alto and changed their football program around. So 
if, if Lovey sees him as being a little arrogant, I like it. I like the Harbaugh brothers. They're cool but, with but, me. But, Glove, agree with me. You only won, you ain't even won a championship, right, Glove? Uh, yeah, the one brother hadn't really done anything. He inherited a wonderful team in San Francisco. Right. And, and we don't have enough time to get into that. But he did the same thing the prior coach, which was my Singletary, did. You know, it wasn't like he built a team from the ground up. Yes, he did a, a good job in Stanford. But even in Stanford now, they're still winning. And the guy in Stanford, the coach in Stanford, they're saying this Harbaugh team in Stanford. But in San Francisco, where it was Singletary team, they're saying it's Harbaugh team, not Singletary team. So here it is again. When you have the complexion for the protection, you get the connection. Well, look, if you look at Stanford, it started with Jack Elway, am I right? Building that program. All the way down to all the great coaches that have Stanford. So what has he done but been on a great team, you know? And then when he came to the 49, like you say, it might seem to have built that team. So, Paula, what do you mean you love that area? I just, like, put him on Jacksonville. And see if he wins, Paula. Put Coach, who, put Coach Harbaugh in Jacksonville yeah. and see if he wins. Yeah. Well, if he gets to bring his his coordinators and you know pick the the coaches and the ones calling the plays, they hey he he may be able to turn them around in a couple of years. You believe that, Glenn? No, but but I'm agree with you here. I think Harbaugh. I think both of the brothers are real good coaches, just in good situations. You know. The brother in Baltimore, he did build a decent franchise, but pretty much the core players on defense were already there. And he, he didn't build that glove. Well. Newsom built that, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a whole nother, you know, Belichick and those guys. I mean, excuse me, Brian Billick built that in Baltimore, and it was around when Harbaugh took over. He did do some things on offense, you know, with the quarterback and stuff like that to make it a better team. But the brother in San Francisco inherited a team Yes, he's been doing well for the last couple of years that he's been there, but the team was already in place. Now can he get him over the hump? That's what will remain to be seen, and that's what make you a great coach. To get from good to great, you have to win. You just can't, you know, stay consistent and keep getting there. You think? Yep. Watching to a Singletary, um, watching the games, you know, I don't know, maybe his coaching style, it just seemed like some of the players – maybe didn't play as hard for him. And, you know, he did the thing. Remember where he got into it with um, uh, with Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis that one time and, you know, sat him down and got in his face. I mean, Vernon Davis is there now and still producing. And maybe back with Singletary, I don't know if the guys just didn't react as well to him, even though a lot of the same players were there back then when Singletary was coaching. So it could have been, you know, they still could have produced, but maybe they just weren't fully on board with, with Singletary, you know, if he was if he's such a great coach, too. Paul, I ain't going to say I'm going to get glove on you. Go ahead, glove. Take it. Thank, thank you, because he, he, he knew I was waiting on that one. But you know what? You're <laughs> yeah, right. I was. <laughs> You're absolutely right, but here's, here's the difference. Alex Smith was a quarterback, San Diego boy, not going to take nothing from him. Alex Smith had six different coordinators or seven different coordinators. Every year he was there, so there's no consistency from an offensive standpoint for your quarterback to know your offense because they're changing coordinators every year. Now, as a head coach, you only have limited control to so much control of what happens. Now, Mike Singletary is a defensive guy. Defense is always playing well, 
but the mm-hmm. offense was always suspect because they couldn't um, score any points. Now, Harbaugh comes in, he's more of an offensive-minded guy, but guess what? He don't have to worry about the defense because the defense already intact. He focuses in on the offense. They sit down his first year. Um, the quarterback takes him to the championship game where they lose to New Orleans. Now, the next year he comes in, quarterback gets hurt, Alex Smith, they put in Kaepernick. That's what we saw last year. So when people say, well, they didn't really respond to Singletary, their defense was the top defense in the league. Their offense was suspect because they kept switching They kept switching offensive coordinators. Now, as an owner, if I don't give you what you want, think about it, Paula. If you go to court unprepared, if you don't look at your docs that you're taking to court, to try to clip the case that's in front of you, what's going to happen? You're not going to win the case. Right, win the trial, you're not right? prepared. Mm-hmm. So, so if, if I don't give you everything you need on offense to help you win, you're not going to win. But, again, when Harbaugh comes in, they give him the kitchen sink and everything he needs to make it a winning program. But guess what? The same place they were the year before, Harbaugh taking the same place the second year. So everybody's all on this, oh, Harbaugh's the greatest, and Mike Singletary couldn't do it. But the defense was number one. Their offense was suspect. Guess what? The defense is still number one, and the offense is still suspect in San Francisco. Well, guys, we only got 30 seconds. But like I said, next week we're going to do all, take all email questions. So it'll be questioning you guys. You guys have to answer from the listeners. It's going to be pretty fun because I'm looking over some now. I got some pretty good ones, though. Yeah, you, you better, you better, you better be ready. Hey, Paula, Paula, next huh? week we're we, we going to be celebrating Miami's back-to-back championship. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron going to get him for about 50. Go Heat. Go. Paula. Oh, I have to say, James Loving. Paula, don't worry. What? I'll call D. I ain't going to call him. He just switched teams again. I'll call Glove. D. Paula. Glove. Blow his phone up tomorrow after we win, okay? Call it. At, at 8, the game's over at 8.30. At 8.25, I'm calling his ass. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jay Love with Glove and Pete. We'll be back next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 